Hello, Chris. Oh, what's up, baby? I'm just uh, online shopping for a Joe Biden fly swatter. How are you? I was online shopping uh, for an assortment of Joe Biden merchandise from all kinds of illustrious, up and coming, as well as legacy designers. I love uh, designers and up and coming and legacy. I, I like all of those words. Um, Real quick, are no, you? Did you remember to hit the record button today, Chris? Don't do that, TJ. Okay, <laughs> look, I, I, I hate to, I hate to ask, but you know, you hate to ask, but you ask anyway. You could have texted that to me. You didn't need to do it on mic. <laughs> look at this little son of a bitch. First of all, I did. I did remember. I've. I haven't remembered once. You've been podcasting for eight years, and you've forgotten multiple times. Again, throwing the. You know, all I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just trying to preserve the quality of this show as much as possible. Sounds like. Sounds like you need to hit the CBD, Chief. Bro, I need to hit something. I'm feeling CB's feeling maxed out, baby. Okay, so you're feeling maxed out. You know, there's. For for somebody whose only vice is something that creates more stress, what are we gonna do? We need to get you the Bobby Hundred Solidarity T-shirt available <laughs> on store.joebiden.com. Is that something that needs to happen? Uh, I think that would make me so stressed out because I'd have to light it on fire immediately, and that would cause me, you know, some stress in general. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know what would help, Jason. I think it's just what do I do that causes me more stress? Argue with you three times a week on a microphone. I'm I'm probably one of the only things in your life other than a t-shirt that says Kamala um, <laughs> that uh, or a Latinos for Biden. So they didn't go Latinxs for Biden. No. Um, that's a that's a missed op. Or a no malarkey cheers champ beer koozie. <laughs> Hunter Biden. Um, Hunter Hunter Biden's the coolest one because he he was a cokehead, so he he he's cool in my opinion. Yeah, some somebody and cool. and and I believe I'm not mistaken, he had sex with his dead brother's wife, which is also pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, we're not the first to say that cocaine is a hell of a drug. I think that was post cocaine, which is even cooler. Well, the, you know, there there's always the residual. That that, that that white still floating around inside of you, but um, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of ways that you know, what what other than you know doing um, oxycotton, what what have been some like stress relievers, you know, steam blower offers, you know, because you're not the I kind of guy who's gonna like go to you know go to the the hotel pool and get a mai tai and and read a book all day type of vibe you're not really gonna go for a walk through nature what what's what what are we doing i don't know bro i think i i think maybe i need to hit the i noticed today that some of the infrared sauna locations are open in la so maybe i'm gonna have to hit that the infrared sauna burbank infrared sauna shout out to that that company where it's a lady who believes in god too much and i believe that the uh the her her place of business i i which, which i do enjoy I, I like going there i think it is a front or some type of like tax write off for her essential oil pyramid scheme that she's running through the good graces of our lord but i that's been open the whole time oh well i'm going to go there then how much is it 50 bucks for an hour 60 bucks uh i so so the way you do it they give you they give you like 45 minutes and mm. and you can kind of do with that time whatever you want and i think it's like 30 bucks 
Well, I need, see, the problem is I'm in the actual infrared light for 45, so I need 15 to cool down and shower, so that's not going to work for me. Well, they don't, it's not really a shower place. See, this is the bullshit about infrared saunas that infuriates me. You expect me to leave that place drenched and not shower? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. That is a little bit of a an oversight, but, you know, when you see this place, it doesn't really jump out as like, oh, I can't wait to to shower my naked body here you kind of what i've found that works best is to just like bring a bring like a big towel and put it down on your car seat so when you leave you know you just rush you go straight home but sometimes the infrared be hitting so well you you transcend into like a new plane of thought to where you're like i don't want to shower because whatever's going on right now i don't want that to be taken off my body the energy and the vibrations that are flowing through me, I shouldn't wash them off. I've never felt that in my entire life, um, but maybe I'm not doing it right. Well, that's because you uh, you spent a lifetime doing cocaine instead of mushrooms. First of all, that's not that's you, no that's not uh that's not a sneak you just that's not you, a sneak you, you or anything. That's just a you just started you just started using mushrooms like three months ago, and all of a sudden you're a fucking expert. Uh, I did mushrooms for the first time in <laughs> ni- 1999. I'm not saying you haven't done them before. We all have done them before. I'm just saying your new, your newfound expertise and like talking points that you have are new to me. Okay. Okay. Well, th- I, I think it's more of a broader, we, you can replace mushrooms with anything, but it, it's more of a broader scope of like, you know, the, the type, the type A versus the type B or the left brain versus the right yes. brain or, you know, the, yes. the, the pragmatic versus the uh, philosophical, etc. I understand. I mean, you know, I think what's really stressing me out, bro, is is the corniness on social media. Like I can't like Ronnie Feig released a toy car. Fear of God released a, a hoodie with a, an old picture of Kamala on it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. What are we doing, guys? Like what what's going on? Well, why do we first of all, Jake, Jake, Gallag- Jake Gallagher and I talk about this. Why are is is everyone obsessed with pictures of of politicians? And they were hot. Like, why do we sexualize politicians? Well, I think that we have to blame um, the Father's Day on and Instagram for that. For when, yeah, when, yeah. Like, you know, like, I don't want to see y'all's hot dads anymore. It's making this coochie wet. You know, like, I don't I don't. That's a, that's a thing that happened. And. And also, like, hey, if 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 like the only thing that you can you you are concerned with is like the physical appearance of somebody, and like you're you're judging your presidential candidate by how hot they are, then why not show them when they were 19, you know, and wearing a tank top down by the river, you know, the universal age where you know most people, unless they had a glow up from being a fatty, you know, 19 is That's about as, as good as you're gonna look. That's true, and, and I mean, I guess I look. I understand it from a a, a uh, money making standpoint. No one's going to buy a shirt with a picture of an old politician on it. But mm-hmm. but I just don't. I just don't. It's just too crazy out there, man. There's too much bad stuff going on. It's the world is truly stuffed to the gills with whack shit right now, and on a level I've never seen. And it's fucking. It's got steam coming out of my ears, TJ. Oh, stuffed to the like a like a Branzino and Glendale. These gills are stuffed. <laughs> exactly jason well you know i was was talking about this with with my lp when we were walking the dog just you know one of the things that we do every morning to relieve stress and you know center ourselves for the day 
And well, if I was a, we if, I was a cor- about if I was a if I was a suburban dweller, I would probably do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except if you if you were to go for a walk in your neighborhood of failing beechwood, you know, you'd be <laughs> you'd be kicking over human feces and syringes, and I get that. And, <laughs> that's you know, that's, that's, that's why that's we made our true. decisions. But uh, I, I, we were talking about you know this merch and why why it's happening and what's going on and. You know what I, I'm I'm curious like why are these brands you know these like you know expensive luxury designers making items you know with with Joe Biden on it and selling you know something that they would normally be selling for like three hundred dollars you know you can get the you can go to Joe Biden's website and get it for thirty I think what's happening is is everybody has been driven so insane from Donald Trump that literally. You know, anyone can get anything to happen if it, you know, like we we can get Jacques Mou to make a fucking tank top that has Joe Biden, you know, wearing, a, you know, down by the river wearing his swimmy trunks with corn cob or whatever. Like you can get him to do that because like if if that will help get Donald Trump out of office anyone is willing to do anything. They're like, fuck, I will make that dumbass I- ugly merch if that means that you know, I'll raise an extra 50 grand and that gets 500 voters in Oklahoma. And that's the difference between getting Trump out and not like everyone is just but like, that's the problem. What will it really, take? I don't care. Fuck it doesn't it, really whatever. work like that, though. Well, it, maybe the problem I'm having is that it shows how stupid everyone is. It shows how stupid we are as a culture that we need to be pandered to with garments and 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 pranks and memes to deal with something serious. That's the, <laughs> I think that's the issue that I have with it. I think it's like, I don't need to buy anything to support a candidate. I could donate money like a normal fucking person with a brain. I don't need to buy something mm-hmm. to do that. And then you want to telegraph. Obviously you want to show people who you support, which I guess I understand, but also like I would, I, I don't know. I, I don't wear brands either really. So it doesn't, I, it feels well, the same to know, me. Just try this on for size, sleepy Chris. What if, um, you know, like for, for, with that logic, then people should, should just be giving podcasters Patreon money versus buying the merchandise that they sell for, for profit. Um, no, no, no. What we do is stupid. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. When it's something, <laughs> When it's something important, I would hope people understand that it's it's above merchandise. It's above mm-hmm. like it's above these things that that are trivial. Like it's more important than that, but it's it's brought down. It yeah. gets brought down to the bottom because that's the only way people can understand. Yeah, that's the that's the and world that we're living in now. Thanks TikTok that, and Obama, but that's you exactly. know, people don't, people don't know anything. They have to be like, I what what is donation? Why do that? Oh, but it's like spend, t-shirt good, me like yeah. buy. If you spend a hundred dollars on campaign merchandise that you're going to absolutely put in the garbage can in in six months, you could also spend that hundred dollars on donating directly to the to the person you want to support, or maybe spend it on a newspaper subscription so you <laughs> understand why it's stupid to do that instead of just understanding where we are as a society and why you should be voting for Joe Biden. Well, that, that to yeah. me is I, I, I think not. the you know the the reason why you know like the, like merch is merch you know I was talking about this with our with our friend David Cho of like some some brands or some bands or anyone who's selling quote unquote merchandise it's like 
sometimes it's like this is merchandise that's meant to commemorate a thing like yeah, you know like, yeah, like the world show. series or a, a i went to this taylor swift concert on august 19th in sioux city iowa whatever like <laughs> that's like merchy merch merch and then there's other merch where it's like i'm building a brand and a vision and this is like a whole thing and it's not it's not just merchandise it's a clothing company and like blah 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 like w- right now people i guess the real root of the problem is they're they're tying up and they're using you know their their politics and like where they're sitting and who they're voting for as as their source of identity because they have nothing else going on it's the same people who are like you know like liking pizza or like tacos like i like tacos like that's my identity like that's that's the identity of millions of people of like i got nothing like all or like you know like so like you Dallas Cowboys is my life like that's all I got so you so you with natural wine I get it it's the same with natural wine or whatever or whatever it is but like some there's millions of people out there who have such a a lack of personal identity that you know politics is what they have devoted their life to and they but that but that's that's actually wrong merchandise no, that's actually wrong. That's not the people. The people who commit their lives to politics don't give a fuck about any of this stuff. They care about actual policy and issues that matter. The people who want to performatively care about politics are the ones buying this stuff to seem uh, smart or on the right side of history. That's the issue. Yeah, well, you know, they they need they want to be, you know, moving their shopping cart at Old Navy and then they see somebody with the same shirt as you and you're like yeah, that's my, pe- you know, the same way when I was in eighth grade, I would see somebody wearing an Allison Chain shirt and be like, comrade, you're my fucking bro for life, baby. Like, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's bad. It's well, bad. I'm going to I'm I'm going to stay mad, but it doesn't matter. You know, anyway, No, please stay mad. We need you angry in this election, I mean, Chris. I'm truly blo- I was blowing a gasket this morning. I had to ease up on my pre-workout because I thought my heart was going to explode. Um. <sighs> Damn, the the American political system was the only pre-workout you need. Am I right, brother? <laughs> exactly, Jason. We do have a guest today, an old friend of mine, uh, a great New Yorker, and originally a Midwesterner. Um, <laughs> a great, the great, the great city. He's, the a, great, he's a tremendous the, New Yorker. The great city, the great city of Minneapolis, is where he hails from, um, home of the replacements uh, and Prince. Um, third in line there is David Coggins. Uh, he's the author of the New York Times bestseller, uh, Men in Style. His second book, Men in Manners, uh, was also a hit. Uh, he writes for the Wall Street Journal, uh, Condé Nast Traveler, All the Above, The Rob Report, my favorite rich guy magazine. He's an angler. <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, what else is he into? He's just, you know, he's a, he's a snappy dresser. Um, but we're going to, we're going to, he's a motherfucking sartorialist, baby. Yeah, that's true. He really is. We're gonna we're gonna talk to him about about all kinds of shit today. A secret about David Coggins that you might not know is he has incredible taste in music that aligns perfectly with mine. Um, so get ready to fall asleep. Um, while him him and I go deep on the Afghan all wigs right. while Jason Jason jerks off to Tiesto memes. All right, um, let's uh let's give him a call. Damn, I feel like Biden and you're the Trump and you don't. <laughs> Hell, oh, just shut up, man. Okay, bye. <laughs> We're here with David Coggins. He's sipping what looks to be a light, a, a light white. What is that? If you could just also, break it down for a natural. He's wearing a shirt with a tie right now. <laughs> That's also I, I, true. Hello, boys. I thought this was 
by, because we're not doing video for, for your listeners, that I was in a safe space and I could drink my Riesling and wear my knit tie. Let uh, me drink un, my undetected. motherfucking Riesling, bitch. <laughs> uh, David, let me. this is not a safe space in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but I, I appreciate that you came you know, dressed for this podcast. You know, Jason's wearing an Earth Crisis Animal Liberation t-shirt, which could not stand <laughs> in greater contrast to your to your look. Um, Jason's uh, representing himself, and I'm representing myself, so in that case, we're very similar. Wow. 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 The execution actually, is different. Damn. We <laughs> could gr- use some of that at the uh, the debates, you know what I mean? That's some <laughs> nice diplomacy right there, my man. That That is some nice diplomacy. Uh, Coggins, you're, you're locked in, you're back in the city, you're back in yes. your humble abode. Yes. How does it, how does it feel? Well, it, it honestly, Chris, it feels a little bit like Halloween every day, which is kind of, it's festive. It's a little unsettling. It's slightly unhinged. Everybody's outside, which in theory is nice, but in practice just feels like kind of on the brink of, of chaos, which depending on, on your sensibility is either good or, or slightly less good. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, you know, I have, I just thought about this. What kind of mask does David Coggins wear? Because I, <laughs> I, is it, I, I stay, you know, I'm, Jason and I both are medical only. That's where we <laughs> land with that. I think that feel, I have, I have a hundred black medical masks. So what would, I like do it. you but have? But also, Chris, the, you know, you mentioned it is Halloween. Are we talking about a COVID mask, a Halloween mask, or I'm the sorry, metaphorical no. mask that we wear every day as we navigate through this new normal? <laughs> No, no, no. I'm in, I'm in actual mask to protect from from protect yourself. He's like, others. oh, I the wear COVID- a Borat mask every day. It's Halloween. <laughs> the, the COVID nineteen, uh, yeah. the the cursed COVID nineteen disease. So, what do you yeah, the, did Drake? The did Drake, did Drake no, make you a an, custom um, or no? Or? Um, I wear these, and maybe, and I just read that maybe they're not as safe as they should be. It's just like a what looks like a bandana, but it's a, a buff. I don't know if you know that company. It's like that's what I wear when I'm fishing. And so I mm. continue to wear that. And then I, then somebody said maybe that isn't as safe as it should be. So I might have to uh, recalibrate here. Yeah, the only thing well, that's helping with is scaring the fish away. <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't seem, David, you don't seem like a, a, a COVID denier, but you also don't seem terrified of the disease, which is how we stand on this podcast. I, I try to, like, minimize contact with people. I'm kind of a solitary. Like, I have to say, quarantine in many ways agrees with me. I can just... Before, I could just stay inside all weekend and write and read and feel slightly guilty, and now I don't feel at all guilty. I can just live my life the way I wanted to anyway. I'm glad that I'm glad this disease has killed hundreds of thousands of Americans has empowered you as a writer it, and reader. It, it, That's great. It's a, it's, a, it's a very, very small silver David, lining. it's helping all of time. our substacks. <laughs> it's true. Hey man, I mean, it really is so, so, but you were you were on on the road, much like myself, for for a while though. Where I, you yeah. were hitting multiple locations, both both domestic and international. Hey, don't That's don't the, stop dry snitching on our boy here for being not, another no, super look, spreader. I, no, I he's in the super spreader pod. I was in Wisconsin for a long time in isolation, but I also I did make a road trip out to Montana and I and Colorado and Wyoming, which was pretty nice, and then. Rolled the dice for some reporting, and by reporting, I mean I was had to fish in England for my book. Mm-hmm. But at first, I had to quarantine for two weeks, so I flew all the flights. All our beloved Delta flights were canceled from New York, <laughs> so I went down to Atlanta. I believe you know that airport well, Chris, and flew um, from Atlanta to London. And it was, I have to say, pretty tranquil actually. 
And, um, but I was, uh, and then I, and then I, in the English countryside quarantine there. So it was actually pretty responsible. All, all things considered. In the English countryside is, is COVID not real there? Like that seems like a place where it really isn't affecting the day to day. I have to say, if you can go anywhere, that's a place to go. But they were every, in every country, it seems to me, or I'm, I'm guessing everyone, at least in England, they still were kind of coming to terms with how to protect you had to finally wear a mask inside, but then the people who worked in a pub or in a store didn't have to wear a mask. So there were some inconsistencies, but they were pretty serious about tracing and other things. But um, it was it's a good place to be if you can be there. What's the fish? What's the fishing like? So first of all, you know, for our listeners, you know, David is an avid fly fisherman. Um, if you follow him on his popular Instagram account, you've probably seen seen this. Um, the guy pulls up know, lunker after lunker out of <laughs> sea, freshwater. Tr- you know, but you know I'm, I'm anti-fish photo, though. That's the thing. I hardly ever post photos of fish. All of that's true, except for the lunker part. And uh... <laughs> Okay, so why, why don't you like to post? Is that a little too cliche? Or is that because little... you just straight up are bad at fishing and you really aren't pulling much up out? <laughs> it's, it's probably a combination, but I think, I feel like the, first of all, don't take them out of the water if you don't have to, if you're going to throw them back anyway. Oh. But also it kind of, it, it distorts the experience, I think, because because you then, it's like, it's not about the picture. It's not about the result. It's about the process. Mm-hmm. And so it's a more it's a, the philosophical. The connection that you have with man and fish. It's, it's a more pretentious thing that, yes. No, I think that's cool. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's I, I like, like, that like all it, things sustainable. It is a little pretentious, but it's, it's worth <laughs> a greater message. So... So how long have you been gill-pilled for? How long have you been <laughs> twisting that rod and bending that fucking rod? <laughs> I, I th- for pretty seriously, I would say 20 years or so, and it takes, it takes about 10 years to get it where you need to be if you're not doing it all the time. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm, it's, it's strange, though, to read something in the New York Times where it says fly fishing is the new bird watching, which is not, which sort of makes something I love seem completely trite and cliche, but there it is. <laughs> Damn, shots well, fired to the birdwatcher community. Yeah, don't come no, for the birdwatchers. it's watchers. not that. It's, it's, it's when the New York <laughs> Times style section tries to do a trend piece. Right. Which, you know, like, and I usually find out about it on Chris's Twitter because he's like, you know, carefully following these things that will get me upset or, and I just follow Look, his outrage. The guy curates. Uh, well, <laughs> what, with, with, the, with the fishing, now, the gear has become popular in, in fashion circles, some would it say. Has. Totally. Um, what? So, if I were to pose, if I were to steal fisherman valor, what <laughs> would the number one piece be? The most accessible piece to a layman like myself, a man who only feels comfortable on land. What would it? <laughs> what would it look like? Well, Chris, for you, because you're so locked in, I feel like you're going to have some sort of Japanese-made vest, and so something cool. that's like highly uh, considered. Yes. And then you can also use it for your photography career as well, because I feel like most of the guys who wear those vests are really like street photographers or something. Yeah. So that, but of course, like I don't wear a vest. So like it's very funny to me and all these things that they're doing, I don't really do any of that nonsense, just keeping with the pretension theme. I'd rather have something that's like 50 years behind the times. So naturally I'm on eBay looking for that. What is the, but the vest is just to keep shit in or is it basically, or you're saying it's stylistic overall? It started as something to keep shit in, and then it developed into, I mean, you can make a better one or a more intuitive one. And so naturally, Japanese people loving design and loving the more technical fabrics made like better versions of it. But it just encourages you to 
to have more than you need any, in any case. So you don't actually need that at all. And I mean, I, I don't know anyone who wears a vest, but that's why, like, that's why Jason wears shorts all the time. Cause he, that lightens his pocket load because they'll fall down. You know what I mean? If he, exactly. if he, if he, if he puts well, too much stuff in them. I don't, I don't actually use pockets in trousers. That's like a huge, that's why I wear a sport coat. Cause I don't want to put anything in my pants pockets. So I'm totally right. Because you need all the help the you silhouette. can get in that bulge zone. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you keep the you keep the silhouette. I mean, Tom Brown knows this. No, no, don't ever put anything in your trouser pockets. In the, oh, I, in do, I carry a I carry a fucking Tom Brown purse when I have my suit on. There is nothing. <laughs> those pockets are are basically sealed shut. Um, so so trousers. What yeah. is that like? Pants. <laughs> it's like yeah. It's like you know. I try not to use the word pants and and okay. uh, and I and I try not to wear shorts. So you know. <laughs> Okay, so you know, yeah, so if you have stuff in your in your trouser pockets, you know, like your keys, wallet, cell phone, your uh, yeah, that, your, that your all goes in the sport gum, coat. That all goes in, yeah, the, no, in the sport coat. Yeah, it's just an organ. It's not even about formality. It's just an organizing device. Yeah, I mean, when I am wearing a sport coat, it does feel nice to be able to put things <laughs> in all of the pockets. You know, in yeah, the exactly. in the breast on the outside. Yeah, it does. Jason feel likes nice. it. <laughs> Jason likes it because he wears a suit once a year to a wedding, and he always finds a little leftover Coke in the inside pocket. I think that's that's what it, that's what it feels like. Yeah, to one me. time, but, one time I found a baby bell in there <laughs> un, of an unknown origin date. Uh, that's what it. But so, do you? But David, you'll carry a bag, won't you? Oh, I'm pro bag, of course. So that, the whole hell point yeah. is, when you're yeah. fishing, do you have a big old fanny pack? Or do you, so I, or do you do wear a backpack? <laughs> Where do you keep all of your stuff in so, you so do, it don't go for, in the water, get all wet? It's a good, so for a while I, I believed in like true minimalism. And so I tried to make everything fit into my like shirt pockets. And then I kind of graduated from that. So it was like, there's many different levels of pretension, as you can imagine. So mm-hmm. first there's like the minimal level of pretension. And then I realized I needed more. So I have a kind of a Filson bag that I wear. I guess you'd call it technically a crossbody, and I had some adjust adjustments made to it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God, Coggins is pulling Coggins is pulling up in the Filson waxed cotton <laughs> bum bag crossbody. So you have crossbody so, made wow. some adjustments, and now and so I'll, I'll uh, we can include. Hold the on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You hold have on. to make a few changes. So made you go fishing changes. with the Herschel crossbody bag. What is it? What color neon is it? <laughs> It's you know so it's like it's like a dead us, man's khaki. So you're so you're telling me that you took your Filson crossbody bag to the tailor? Is that what you're saying? You know it, of course. Wow, this is god level. These, this is god level shit. I don't want this uh, water bottle containers on either side, which don't need to be there. So my friend Jake took them away. He said it was no problem. You know, I like okay. it. I like to. I mean, as a man who just had a pair of vintage Carhartt work jeans reconstructed fully from the ass to the ankle. I I either. love, yeah 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 because so well, I can't see, find that to a good. Me is, that's everything what? right there. Like when you know what you I, want, and then you can also know someone to make it for you. I'm all for it, Chris. That's mm. true, and and the fact that you and I are so well versed in this, and Jason, the guy who's six ten and can't find clothes in his size, isn't is a problem. Uh, you the know, thing, I I thing, have he- I have heard of tailoring before, <laughs> but the thing is that I can tell Jason looks great in a suit. Like most guys, and he, and I'm sure when he on this one time a year when he's at a wedding and wears it, people are like he looks so great. But that's, oh, that's just true. Makes it no. Let me tell true. you, and and then every time that does happen, the selfie goes on the grid, not on the stories. And then you <laughs> right. know, the big board. 
it goes it's up on the big board, and then you know all these thoughts really start coming out of the woodworks, don't they? <laughs> they De- Coggins knows Coggins. Well, Coggins. So, what is this book about? Tell us, because tell, you're you're a, um, you've written two books already. I didn't know you That's had right. more in you, to be honest. So, like, what this is more focused on the on the fishing lifestyle. Yeah, it's uh, it's called the Optimist. It's about fishing and, and travel and and kind of obsession and and. I think it's about more than fishing, hopefully. I mean, that's the elevator pitch. Mm. It's about, you know, it's deeper loving than something. And <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. every chapter is like a different place and a different fish and a kind of a different skill or virtue. And, um, but hopefully we'll connect with people who are care, you know, care about something and kind of let that thing take over their life in a way. So mm. yeah. that's what it's about. Do you so, ever do any non fly fishing? No. Are you just a fly fly guy only? Straight, straight fly. But, you know, there's all sorts of good things to do. It's not just trout fishing. It's like going to the Bahamas, fishing in the flats there, which is really incredible, or going to Patagonia, going to England. But I'm, you know, I'm just talking about like if I just wanted to use like a bait casting or a spinning reel versus, versus fly, what is, is there, is there something wrong with that? Well, it's, I guess, or something not as cool, you know. No, I, I mean, fly I think fishing is the a, fixed gear cycling of the of the aquatic world is what I'm yeah. Asking. Fly fishing is like squash, and bait fishing is like racquetball, I guess. But you know, it's a more complicated cast, and How but dare then it's you. a little more. <laughs> it's a little more rewarding, I think, because it's a little a little harder. Mm-hmm. And once you and there's more kind of developing your skills over time, which it does make a little bit of. I guess you'd say barrier to entry, but but mm-hmm. it, that can well, be you a know, virtue. On this podcast, we're big fans. <laughs> We're big fans of barriers, barriers of entry on this podcast. That's a big so, thing for us. But once you get used to it and once you learn and, and kind of bend the learning curve, then I think fly fishing is incredibly rewarding to, to all sorts of people. And, um, and, and it doesn't have to be as pretentious as I'm making it sound. I'm fascinated with I'd love with to your, go out I, with you sometime, yeah. I think Jason has a little more experience as an angler. I, I'm interested in going to the Bahamas with you uh, just to kind of check it out. Um, you can go out on easy the boat to, and stuff. Easy to arrange. I feel like I can find a personal trainer in the Bahamas that can take <laughs> care of me while you're out doing your little guy stuff or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris wants to play with the pigs wearing his bikini with, uh, with, with <laughs> yeah, exactly. Emrata and the gang. Exactly. So now, yeah, Chris, whenever, whenever you're about looking at a place to vacation, the first thing you look at is personal trainer location mm-hmm. x i mean look i'm not i don't i don't look for it it lo- it finds me i would say right. is the more a- the more accurate but it finds way to you more it. when you sign up for notifications i think yes <laughs> yes it does. yeah exactly it does it, it does it does work that way um yeah it's, well, it sounds it's, like-, it's like chris chris whenever he goes to a, a new land he's in a new town he'll say you know like denver i'm in you right now on twitter <laughs> And then the DMs of all the personal trainers just start flooding his account, and then he really gets his pick of the litter. That's exactly hey. what I wish it was like. What I wish it was like. But I think that I think that because because fishing, uh, fly fishing in particular, is it? How, how does it feel on your body? Like, if, is it is it strenuous in any way, or is it pretty relaxing overall? I think well, if you're waiting, it's really quite nice. So you're in a yeah. river in many cases with like a big current, and you're waiting upstream. So you're you're kind of connected to the water, to the natural world mm-hmm. in a way that's that can be really nice. If you're in if you're in a river, it's cold, so you're probably wearing waders. If you're in the Bahamas, you're in the flats, so you could be in shorts, which is really lovely too. So you do if you're on your feet for eight hours and you're focusing in that time. Yeah, that can be a good 
good that experience. Sounds, good. That sounds you can like make it work for your core. I was about to say that sounds like something that's going to require a, a nice core, which is is something that I possess. So maybe fishing well, is for me. You can wade Chris, into Chris more has one of the nicest cores on Apple. <laughs> I, I didn't. I well, it's. I didn't. I guess I, I. The places you get to go though are very interesting to me. I, that's I'm, the you point, know, man. Yeah. I'm not a big outdoor guy. Uh, it's well documented. I'm a major cities only kind of guy. But <laughs> but I see where you're at, Coggins, and I got to say, I'm, I'm my interest is peaked. I think you you could do you go to Patagonia, but you stop in Buenos Aires, and Buenos Aires you will is an amazing city, and then you get a little time in Patagonia, and that just like increases like people's jealousy of you, Chris, because your friends will want to know what it's all about, mm-hmm. and then you come back and tell them. And we don't just like, we don't just wear the shorts, bro. We go to the place. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? It's two different things on this side. So when you when you are in Patagonia, are you <laughs> are you living like a like a Francis Malman type of situation where you are pulling yes. that tr- trout out of the stream and then and then ending his not, life with your special we're not blade it right there, and then doing a so, salt bake or what's going on? <laughs> That's usually it's the fish is going back into the water in our case. Um, so you so you ain't uh, eating. No, we, we, we put it back where like the waters place we fish usually have rules about catch and release. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more of a catch and release person, but it's definitely like the lodges where we stay. They do the like grilled asado. The, the guides make this incredible lunch at the side of the river every day. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, like Argentinian hospitality is truly great mm-hmm. and you're getting all the like Francis Malman stuff big time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting that goat up on the on the iron cross, yeah, exactly. <laughs> basting him with 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 sea yeah. salt water. <laughs> yeah, and then the, so when you're when you're out there, are you smoking a nice cigar? I uh, I might have a cigar at some point. I mean, you usually get back at like <laughs> okay. the end of the night. The stars come out. It's ten at night. You can enjoy. You know, like the the stars are inverted because you're in the southern hemisphere. It's quite quite nice to see the Big Dipper upside down. Oh. Damn, Jason! Yeah, think might, about what that would might, look like uh, on weed, bro. Ooh, yeah, damn, you you, might, uh, so you take the the dipper and you flip that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Southern Hemisphere—it's all happening. And and if if you need any substances, the guides are there for that. And they're also, you know, having herba mate all day too, so you get a little bit wired. Damn. It's kind of nice. this sounds great. So, so I, I I've been thinking I've been trying to cut back on my cig, my cigarette. What? Really? Mm. Uh, yeah, really. I, you know, I, I, ha- I actually have, and I've got. I haven't I've, noticed. <laughs> it's a very new development, but I don't, I don't, I don't really like the. I don't. I haven't been able to understand the the joys of a cigar. Do you? Do you have any tips on how? I'm not trying um, to become a cigar guy. I just truly don't get it. Well, the the thing about cigars is that it's a good thing that are used by bad people typically. So, like, I would never mm. smoke in public because I can't stand it when it, when a bunch of guys get together and they're all smoking. So it's to me, it's like or about gals. the progression. About the, yeah, it's like a, the progression of a meal, right? So you have your grilled goat, mm-hmm. you have everything, and then at the end of the meal, maybe you have a little like digestif, and then you have like you're outside, you smoke a like a mild one. It's a a cigar is a type of thing that the better it is, the more mild it is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then and then that taste that taste is pretty good. I, I don't think you drink much, maybe. So I don't know if you have cognac, but it's a it's a good thing if you're outside and on your own looking up at the inverted. Oh, stars. I'll, I'll put them down, chief. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Jason loves Jason loves to get twisted off a fine cognac. Mm. All right, great. Well, then we you know we'll we'll. Uh, Have you sampled the blends Patagonia. of Cavassier? <laughs> uh, naturally, I've I've been I went to the the distillery. Oh, wow, 
Damn. I, I'm. You know what? This this podcast is eye opening. I, I. Who knew that that TJ and David Coggins had so much in common? Actually, the ground we're covering here. Well, is, I'll tell is, you who knew: Coggins and TJ. I guess so. I'm <laughs> We've saying, been I, in yeah, the DMs wanna... exchanging ideas for months no, now. I, it's I tough. Wanna, it's tough. I feel like David. Uh, Jason's going to be talking to the um, grill master in Patagonia, and he's going to be, you know, importing uh, and distributing green eggs in uh, Bariloche and <laughs> <laughs> making a fortune. Look, I've been trying to do, crunch the numbers on the shipping costs to get them down there, and it just ain't working out. It's tough. I mean, because uh, so, so, see, sometimes, David, it's tough to bring Jason into my, into my you know, my higher-end New York fashion media bubble. You know, sometimes Jason's a little <laughs> intimidated or off, put off by some of the characters that I present. But yeah. you guys are getting along like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, some, no, of, I, some I, of these <laughs> 22-year-old writers who did a story about, um, about the newest episode of The Real Housewives of something <laughs> have been very intimidating characters to tangle with, but I've managed to pull through. It's tough. It's it's the beauty of having a bi-coastal elite podcast. You really introduce each other to different <laughs> different stuff, Ooh. you know. But Oh yeah. Now now David, you launched your own content platform, The Contender, um I which did. I I like. And now you've you've also launched a subby, but you and former guest and and legend Michael Williams have a podcast of your own. Yeah, I mean, I realize like these things are pretty much awful sounding, but like normally I wait and do something like 10 years at like, I'm the last person to get on like a dying media platform ship. Mm -hmm. Like when it's going down, I'm like, Hey, Friendster could still work out, but um, you're the, you're the vulture coming to clean up the last bits of the mess. (laughs) Right. In this case, Michael said, just do a, do a newsletter. And I guess I didn't really know what and how a newsletter worked. I just thought it was, I I didn't realize it had an actual kind of landing page and an archive. And so, you know, I can connect to my tailoring obsessed uh, youngsters and write about fishing and drinking and fly fishing and tailoring and all the stuff that I like traveling. And so that's actually yeah, who are the, I was right. going to ask, who are the who are the Coggins heads? Like, who are the dedicated Coggins followers, the Cognoscente, if you will? <laughs> do not. Uh, Chris, do no, not, Chris. Do we not. Might not you um, had that one chamber, didn't you, you little fucker? I did not. No, that's off the dome. And I'm not, I mean. I hadn't even had any cold brew, bro. That's natural, bro. Look, I I wrote down Gil Pilled earlier, and I will admit that, but you have to say (laughs) that you did not come off dome with the cognoscente. Well, Chris, let's say, um, imagine a nice young guy who goes into Sid Mashburn in Atlanta. Okay. That that's kind of who likes tailoring, like maybe wants to learn more about it. That that's kind of the guy, maybe. How young guys? Yeah. Maybe could maybe could lose (laughs) twenty. Well, I mean, then they're really. Then I refer them to Chris because I'm like I'm not going to help them. You're look, they're like, look, a tailor can can take out your your uh, oh. your waist a little bit, but he can only do so much. Yeah, that's the the most important thing to know about why to know a tailor is that then he can like adjust your clothing, which is you know the best thing about him. And he doesn't even make you have to say it. Like my tailor just says, "We'll take care of it," and he doesn't make me say take it out yeah he he doesn't say you need to stop eating so many meatball subs but i will be able to fix you he just does it well you know for for my situation you know my my problem is the sleeve is always too short never too long so i can right you know much like uh adding salt to a dish i can i can always add more i can never take it out so what do i do in my situation if uh you know i need 
I need a longer pant or a longer sleeve? Am I, am I going to have to go custom or are there other things going I, on that I don't know about? I think you need, I think the best thing that could happen is if someone actually measured you. So you knew what your measurements were. And really had. I've measured like myself, this, but only certain parts he, of the bot. You know? <laughs> I think you, you, can, you can. In addition to those paywall, measurements, David, you understand that. Yeah, understand. <laughs> that's 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 subs only, baby. Um, I think I think you need a tailor. That's you know, if someone measures you, mm-hmm. keeps it on file, and then once you have that, you can actually find things on eBay. You can do all sorts of stuff, but like. You need a tailor, like someone can make you your favorite shirt, your favorite whatever, even if you just well, need one version is, of it. The problem is, Jason, when you say shirt, you mean t-shirt, and when you say pants, you mean shorts, because Jason, <laughs> that's kind of his look. No, but I do think it. But ter- if J- t-shirts and shorts are the only thing that I can buy, you know, quote unquote, off the rack and have it fit me is the is the reason why I'm I'm wearing short a shorter sleeve in a in a short short. If, if you had the like the perfect Oxford white Oxford shirt that you loved. Like which I do. Them, I feel like like you just it needs to feel like it fits correctly because if something doesn't fit correctly, it's never going to enter the rotation, mm-hmm. and um, you can just donate it to like a backup point guard on the Clippers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess the that, is, that is the goal. Is like one. I, I have a few items that you know I don't even wear anymore, but I keep them because I was like, damn, like back in 2007, this pair of jeans was like the perfect fitting thing and like I'm never going to find them again but I hold on to them because one day you know maybe I will just have them broken down and you know make a pattern out of them and and I'll be But if Chris I'll, I'll I don't understand Chris is is making things from scratch what? for himself and he's Chris is making things from scratch for himself and he's not offering anything for you he doesn't I'm not say making that. the only thing I'm making from scratch myself is this entire podcast and the how long gone <laughs> brand I'm not the 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 clothing <laughs> The clothing. You said something about Carhartts that we're, you're redoing. <laughs> oh, well, I have clothes. I mean, I, I take everything, much like you, Coggins. I'm big into tailoring as well. Mine just isn't, you isn't um, you know, imported from Italy and custom made. My, mine is more like <laughs> these Levi's I found that look cool don't fit waist good, need to adjust. Mm-hmm. But that's great. I mean, to me, like I love it when I, I feel like tailoring should be more muscular in that way. Like it should serve the person. It's not something about like... It, nobody even has to know about it. It's not about status or anything else. It's about like making things correctly for you, and that is great to me. And I feel like somehow we've gotten off track with that. Like how, how like how nobody needs to know about Chris using Grammarly when he's writing his uh, tweets. <laughs> <laughs> that same that same type of editing can go un, uh, unknown. Yeah, yeah. The, the most important thing is that you sound like yourself. So Chris is in a pretty good spot, I think. Yeah, you have yep. to admit it at this point, you know. <laughs> yes, thank you, David. I finally some support from a guest instead of being attacked by both both parties. David, you um, you I was reading some of your style rules. You you oh. had a, you had a list of style rules, and you yeah. and you there was one line you got. You're gonna need to sip after this. One line said, <laughs> "Sneakers are for boys, and uh, expensive leather shoes are for men." But for for somebody like me, where they're these the nice expensive leather shoes for men don't exist in my size. What would you suggest I do, or is that another thing where I'm going to have to go full custom? No, I I feel like you know those rules are like um, they apply to ninety percent of the people ninety percent of the time. Mm. If you're if you're over six six and a half, you're in a whole different moral universe. Mm-hmm. No, I mean get, get I, I gotta 
the thing has to look correct on your foot and you've got to feel right in it. And I don't know, like if a desert boot looks good for you, if like some loafer looks good for you, if it makes your foot look long or short or correct or whatever it is. So, I mean, you've got your own. But I'm saying they don't make those in my size. Like I can't get it. Then let's talk. I can't buy a loafer. Then I would. Then in that case. Unless it's like a medical one. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think that then i do i feel like there are places that can make specific things for you and it, it's going to cost more than you want at first but if that thing lasts for five mm-hmm. or eight or ten years I, you got to kind of look at it that way yeah and i i mean to me it's like do you want to buy more things that you're unhappy with or one more you know bigger investment that you keep for a longer period of time and, mm-hmm. and i know that's like completely by best letter but by less by better and sure. we're kind of sick of that. But I do believe in like getting, I mean, I look in my, we all look in our closets and we see we have too many clothes. We would happily consolidate. And they're like, well, that's why I just get confused. At, used to get confused at the Barney's, you know, sample sale and other things like that. And I would buy a bunch of stuff because it was marked down that I never wear. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have helmet laying garments from a, previous, <laughs> from a previous Barney's warehouse sale that I don't even know why I bought it. Yeah, the, well, the I, Jason... Jason's done some work to get his look up to snuff. I mean, I've seen you. You know what looks good on you, Jason? And I, I know it's not a dress shoe necessarily, but you can wear a Birkenstock in a way that feels dressy for you somehow. A, a that's cute. That's because he's walk. usually wearing a shorts and a t-shirt, so he finally puts on some. Uh... Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's a good point. Don't you? You wear? Do you have a desert boot though? Don't you? Do you have some Clarks, right? Um, they don't make Clarks big enough for me, unfortunately. But maybe yeah. what you need is like they'll if one of these brands, if you actually like them, you just say, listen, you don't make something big enough for me. Will you make it for me? Because I'm a, you know, the Howard Stern of the podcasting world. And then they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, happily. And then they make, it's like becomes a whole campaign. And like, we made this one thing for, I'm not trying to ch- change you or make you into some more formal person. I mean, you've got it figured out for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are well, rules for guys who are looking for rules yeah. and a person who's, who's arrived at his own sensibility can do whatever he wants. So, uh, well, I disagree. Then, I disagree with you, David. I think he needs a little, <laughs> a little pat on the butt, if you will. Well, yeah. uh, you guys have a different. You have a more butt padding dynamic. I, ha- I don't know Jason well enough to start to to, to get to that level. Though I'm happy to uh, when we're in Patagonia together, we'll get into the deeper, deeper questions. Oh yeah. So, well, um, to to that note, do you, do you own any sneakers at all, or do you wear sneakers outside of when you're you know exercising? Uh. I don't own sneakers. Uh, I have a couple pair of of New Balance that Chris Black sent me in a previous incarnation of his influencing life, which Mm -hmm. I love. (laughs) And when I go running once a year, uh, (laughs) shorter time each year, uh, Mm -hmm. I think of him fondly. (laughs) Well, David, the funny thing about those shoes that I sent you, although they're, they're aesthetically pleasing, they're not really for running. Oh, so no kidding. I, oh, I don't. But you have to understand that when I'm running, like I'm wearing my running suit. I've got my running tie. No, I <laughs> like my, my running is like a speed walk, two blocks and back. I mean, I'm, you know, and then I, I haven't I use, I, I've known you for a while. I don't think I've ever I don't I've really I've is it true that I've never seen you in a in a collarless shirt? I don't own a collarless shirt. I mean, and I would never leave the house collarless. So I. Woo! Uh, that's that's fucking smoke for TJ. That little his little <laughs> casual ass. Not that I'm I'm dressed up but, necessarily, but, but that's wild. But but you have to understand, like I I can't relax unless I'm overdressed. Like that's me. That's how I am. That's the natural way for me. But I don't want. I don't 
want anyone else to suffer through this the way I suffer through it. And and so that's okay for mm. like, everyone's going to find their right level. It's like how, how, how much you want to cook when you're at home. And I know one person here cooks for himself and the other person doesn't. And like, mm. and one person wants to make a more elaborate meal and one person wants to, you know, order the sweet green. Great parallel. Honestly, mm. great parallel. Yeah, I, 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 I can't leave the house without, without the stick on me, but I, I was curious, what are you uh, what are you sleeping in? Are you a head to toe long sleeve PJ or with buttons you, on do you, it? Do you have do you have Charvet pajamas, Coggins? Do you be sleep I, in the weight in the rubber waders because that feels like home to you? <laughs> it's it's funny, you know. I used to have all the Sleepy Jones pajamas because way back when I was doing some photo shoots with them and some work with them. But I between us and because no one's going to be listening this far, and I'm you know it, it's hot in that, so I just like to keep it simple and. Boxer shorts and you know, obviously suspenders and a bow tie, but other than that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just uh, boxer shorts are going to do it for me. All right, but wow. I but I do wow. but I do think that that there's nothing more Cheeky impressive girl. than than uh, than pajamas with the tops buttoned up all the way, and you go out to get your L.A. Times, mm-hmm. and you you know that's like that's very cool. Oh yeah, I think it's scoop very up cool uh, too. The, the newest issue of the failing LA Times in a in a four hundred dollar <laughs> exactly. pair of PJs. Mamma mia, that's good life. That I, would look good. That would that. really. I feel like that would look good in Glendale, Jason. That's a very suburban thing to do. Well, once once the temperature dips into the double digits, away from the triple digits, <laughs> I might start doing something like that. Um, David, let's talk about podcasting. Yeah, man. Um, you since you have recently been in, introduced into the pod game, and you know Chris and I, you know I can't help but think that you know maybe we have influenced you, and I know that you mm. listen to this show. <laughs> I know, do. What uh, you know? What are what are some things that you've learned about podcasting in in your short career? Well, it's funny. I've been interv- interviewed, a, you know, a number of times, and that's easy because you just let the other person lead and you respond. Mm-hmm. And I, but I'm, but I really like podcasts between two people who are friends. So like mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Greenwald and Chris Ryan, and I'm sorry, Chris Black, I love, but Chris Ryan is my other like favorite podcaster. But I love the dynamic <laughs> between you guys, and it's very, and I'm really impressed by how you both like get your your lines in, your questions in, your like sweet digs against each other in, and. Mm-hmm. And like, and I was joking that I think Chris Black is like the ball dominant guard. Well, Jason, you're the p- pull up dead eye shooter. So like you have less chance with the ball. But then when you do, you really have to like drain the three. And so that seems like mm-hmm. I'm really impressed yeah. the way you guys navigate. TJ that. Coggins, TJ is my shooter in more ways than one. So I think that's a great <laughs> parallel that you just made. Yeah, I'm able yeah, but, to drain in a high in a high stress situation. <laughs> but you can also... Can. But you guys also like can interview people, get things out of them, but also like express your own opinions and still get your your lines in, which is, I mean, if anyone else wants to try it, like it's hard. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> were you asking me to like compliment you? But I'm very like important. No, no. I, I mean, that was do. that was my next question. But I was more so, you know, like you you're you're an intelligent, wise man who has done a lot of things in your life. But podcasting is you know one of them. What you know is is something that you've only been doing for a, a smaller amount of time. So I was curious, like, what little things you may have you've picked up along well, the way. The, the the hard part, for, basically, like I wanted to do one with a friend. So when Michael Williams and I talked about doing it, like I like the idea of checking in with him once a week. I mean, I don't know how you guys do this three times a week. Once a week is like insane. But mm. but Have we you seen like the news need... cycle. 
Welcome to the big leagues, Coggins. Well, you guys, I'm very, I mean, but you guys also seem to do it without a lot of structure. And like, I definitely need more structure because otherwise I think there's a real art to like the, or there's a fine line between catching up and kind of bullshitting with something Mm -hmm. that's got a little more like form to it. Mm -hmm. And when you're on your own, it feels like you're sort of without a net. But when I hear you guys, you sort of like manage to, to navigate that pretty well. Let me put this in, in words that you might understand. This is this what we would call barbless podcasting. <laughs> Does that I like do anything it. for you? That is very good. I enjoy mm. it. Uh, that's a very discreet fly fishing mm. hook reference. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then, what you know, with your with your observant ear and eye for this specific podcast that you're on right now, are there some things that you would like to see more of? From mm. us, you know, it's a- <laughs> you could say some things you'd like to see less of from us, but God, you know, I have, specifically I had, the more of would be good. God, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, um, it would be interesting. I guess what I'd really like is to see like each of you on your own separately, and then I, then I would I would like to know like how you interviewed Francis Melman versus uh, you know Chris interviewing Marine Dowd or whatever it was. <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> don't gi- don't give us that much credit we're like jason said it's 22 year olds who just wrote a review of a real housewives episode you know that's but, that's what's really happening but the other thing is like you guys are out there looking for a huge audience michael and i are b- behind a paywall which is a way safer and so it's already for people who are kind of into what we're doing and you guys are like really out trying to do a bigger thing and, and casting so, a wider like, net I, I admire them. Are you gonna? Are you guys, David? You guys don't have guests, right? Or you haven't yet? Up to we're this going. Point. We're going guests. We just have to like. We're saving out. up for a third mic. <laughs> we need the uh, the styrofoam thing that goes over the foam thing that goes over the mic, sure, and then we're sure. ready for. Um, that, that's that's all you're waiting on. Yeah, we're just trying to figure out the right dynamic, and of course, like one reason we started it is just to like do it enough that we realize like what we have to get better at, and and what we're not as good as we'd hope we were at. I'm sure that has never occurred to you guys. Oh no, no, it occurs to us, but that's life, baby. We just take it. <laughs> we take it. Steam, we steamroll this bitch. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> when you pod this hard, you don't have time to think about shit like that. It's true. I mean, I I think that this takes up a lot of our time, especially with the addition of the new Twitch program. But but overall, yeah, man, it's still. I think you you if you like doing this, it's fun. You know what I mean? So it's like it doesn't feel that. Like the planning can sometimes feel laborious, but the actual act of podcasting does not feel that way to me. Well, when are you guys getting some assistant? I thought I would be dealing with some underling and it's just I'm getting it straight from the top. That's not what we do here at How Long Gone Industries. I'm more of a hands-on boss. You but know David, what I mean? that, so, means, that means that you're a prestige guest when we, we give you that type of white glove <laughs> service. But you know, if you're great. just some dum-dum who's writing for the failing LA Times or Wall Street Journal... You know, like you, we won't. We'll send you like a virtual AI type of invitation at well, the very, I at the very most. When you guys are start, when when you finally get the full Sweet Green partnership, like they should deliver Sweet Green to your guest half an hour before. Like that I mean, I totally idea, see this happening. David. Like David, like, that I mean, is a. Don't give the cow away for free, bro. That is no, a plus I want, idea. I'm giving you. I want to give you guys ideas to like bring this all the way, and you can send me a you know a freaking done to death T-shirt. I can't wait. All right, Dave. You, yeah, you. Can, yeah, can you make the deck for this, please? And then I'll make sure that we get a tea out to you. You're a rock star for that. Thank you, David. Have you ever, David? Have you ever eaten sweet green? Uh, I I 
think so once somebody else arranged it. I have no nothing against it. It just seems like it annoys me, but I don't know why. Mm. Well, you're you're a you're, you're are you a formal lunch guy? Do you want to sit down at a restaurant for lunch? Oh, yeah. More so than oh, yeah. more, but more so than dinner or both meals. Ah, uh, good question. I you know I I like to. She I likes like a standing off. dinner. I, I like. A, I don't mind a standing dinner. I like to sit down. I, I mean, do they serve wine there? That I feel like they don't. And and I don't like I don't like any I don't like a place where people are going to eat and go back to work. I want to eat somewhere where wow. it could be like more more time. Like it it could be an hour and a half. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you don't you don't want there to be a uh, a, a time limit at the end of it. It, it. This lunch could be an hour or three hours, Com- and I completely. don't want it, I don't want those restrictions going on. I don't I don't get that very often, sadly. But that's like what in my your, perfect what- world. What are your top three New York ladies who lunch spots? Because I, mm. I mean, mine, I, I'm going to say Balthazar. Uh, I'm going to say San Ambrose on Lafayette um, mm. f- for me. But I would love to hear the Coggins. I feel like yours are more uptown, baby. No, no, I, I like, I mean, I, I mean, you can't beat Balthazar. San Ambrose is a little bit, I feel, I feel like I might run into people I don't want to see there, but not you, Chris. I mean, I would actually go just to Lafayette across the street, but I would either go for like a late breakfast or a late lunch. Like I'm trying to miss the people who are yeah, kind of. I'm not, I, David. I'm trying to be part. <laughs> I want to be at the corner table loudly speaking about things I shouldn't be talking about. No, I like that. I mean, I used to go to Via Caroto because it's a block from where I live. But one of your great previous guests, Hannah Goldfield, evilly and cruelly and should never have written that it was the best restaurant in New York and it has not and it's not her fault by any means and I love her writing and love her dynamic and everything about it but um I, I'm not thrilled with that situation like it's impossible to get in at lunch at the counter so I've had to um and I used to see Hilton Alls there which was like my favorite New York sighting yeah. and then I finally stopped going there because I could never get in so I went to King which is a truly great restaurant further down six yes Avenue. I'm familiar and then, as you're familiar, is and that there LeBron's, was Hilton. LeBron's, LeBron's spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have, three we have, women we have chefs a Shaq's all... Big Chicken here in Glendale, <laughs> so I guess it's the same kind of vibe. Yeah. Well, somehow similar. when I saw Hilton Alls there, I felt very um, like we were all just, even though he writes for the New Yorker, just like Hannah, we were all displaced from our lo- beloved local place. And I like um, uh, what's what's Ignacio's place on uh, Spring Street and. Um, Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Um, Actually, that's uh, that's, I, that's that's. I always forget the name, and that I I always see. Um, that's where I saw Hilton, not at King. I'm more of but a I, bar pity. You're you're a bar pity guy, right? I saw um, Noah Bombach there once, and I just left, and I was like, "That's all I need in the world is a Noah Bombach sighting at Bar Pity." And um, I've seen I've seen Fran Lebowitz there, and that really did it for oh, me. Yeah. But I like it because it's cash only, baby. And that oh, is something that we need. And maybe they take Amex in cash, which I accept only. Like, we don't bring your little Chase Platinum in this restaurant, losers. Yeah, but, the, but the food Sapphire. there is bad, though, right? No, Barpiti's good. Mm. I think you, I think you have to know how to order, which is a translation that it's a six out of ten. Yeah, that, that might. I mean, I, that might be true. But you know, my best. Not. I think I've told the story before, but just for you, Coggins, I saw a. A the po- the most powerful table I've ever seen was at Mr. Chow on 58th, and it was Anna Sui, Mark Jacobs, John Galliano, wow, and Sofia Coppola. Ooh, 
So it did you just insane. leave after that? Or I literally, I, I literally was like, they, they were at this weird table that was like, because you know when you walk in that restaurant, you walk down to the dining room, and there, there, but there was one big table set up by the bar there, and I just couldn't believe it. And luckily, the, the luckily the hostess set me with my back to the table. Otherwise, it would have been difficult for my guest. You wouldn't Wait, have been able so to just, focus on your Just meal. to be clear, Chris, you were saying that I eat lunch in Midtown and you're telling a story about Mr. Chow on <laughs> <laughs> 57th Street. David, that uh, was, no, first I love all, that, was a, that was dinner and I'll go to Mr. Okay. Chow. I've, I've been to, I went to Mr. Chow on my birthday here in LA and ate on the sidewalk in Beverly Hills. That's how much I like <laughs> no, it. This is the only guy I know who likes Mr. Chow. I, no, but that, I understand, like, at a certain point, you're like, yes, the food is this bad, and yes, it's this expensive, and that <laughs> is the attraction, and you're like, wait, it's way worse than I remembered, and way more expensive, I'm not and that's gonna, like I'm the ultimate power move. No, yes. no. J- Jason likes Mr. Chow, don't front, Jason, I've no, been there, I've taken bad. you there. <laughs> I, yeah. Who is paying? I've been to a lot of places I, paid. I don't like. I paid, I definitely, okay, well, if, the first time Jason went says, to Mr. Chow. The me, best thing I you pay. can hear at Mr. Chow is dinner's on us. And then you're like, great. Thinking, <laughs> duck. I had on. one good thing at Mr. Chow and it was a martini. Okay, <laughs> guy. Jason, don't do this. Don't don't show off for David like this. No, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a food fluencer. I can't be caught I, eating Mr. Chow when there's also lots of great authentic traditional restaurants. Um, Mr. To, Chow is, as a celebrity, Mr. Chow is authentic and traditional for me. Yeah, no, it's, 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 the, it's power cuisine. I think that's yeah. what it is. I, that's exactly, David, that's exactly what I, I, the only kind of restaurants I want to eat are power cuisine restaurants. That's a well, new, then let's I'm go gonna, to La Grenouille when you come back. We'll all go and we'll make sure they've got vegetarian for Chris and uh, Jason and I, I can that. split some, uh, you know, brochet de cannelle or something. Hell yeah, I love, baby. I would love but I, it's, I would, it's Casa, it's uh, Cafe Ultra Paradiso, just so. Yes, uh, and ca- I do like Cafe Ultra Paradiso. Yeah, I do, yeah, I do like it. I mean, I really like Estella. I think Estella is a great restaurant. Yeah, I guess Alto Paradiso is like there's enough space between the tables. It's beautiful light in the daytime. Yeah, that's yeah. where I saw Helton Alls, and that's when you guys are in New York. But we should really do a power lunch. We can do whatever you like. I'm, I'm up why for mid. Why don't you? Why don't you join us in LA and we'll go to you know we'll go Sunset Tower. I'll I'll buy okay. you a, a, like a shrimp cocktail poolside on the How yeah, Long Gone card. Coggin, Coggin, well, we, what are your thoughts on on failing Los Angeles? <laughs> well, just so as the, a whole. So my. I, I like L.A. I mean, the big thing for me when I was in L.A. is I used to feel uh, too formal and uncomfortable there, and I couldn't quite. Mm-hmm. There's a weird thing for people who live in New York when they go to other places. They want it to be understood like it's not on the grid. And, OK, is this neighborhood like this? And we say terrible things like, oh, is this the Tribeca of L.A.? Like impossibly annoying things. And I was, and I was like, I need to relax here. So I like finally I just realized that's not going to work. I obviously look like a neurotic New Yorker. Embrace mm-hmm. it. Wear a suit. Wear a tie, and just enjoy it. And you know, wake up at six a.m. because you're on East Coast time, and have breakfast at the Chateau Marmont. And I used to go out there every year for my birthday, stay in a cabana, Damn. eat Damn. the like Gringo special at that ridiculous tacos place from across the street. And, and I hell yeah, pinche baby, pinche tacos, pinches, and go to the <laughs> um, liquor store and stock up on like champagne and Miller Lite and just you know enjoy three days. It's, I love LA. Wow, I mean, Jason, I'll Damn, tell you, you what. Co- a picture, you painted a picture not unlike a Tony Bourdain. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, that honestly, Coggins, you really know how to live, bro, and that's what I'm really. Uh, yeah, I guess to. LA is pretty cool. I mean, you know, I stay at the Chateau Marmont, <laughs> drink champagne, and then you know, sometimes I'll go down and get a breakfast burrito. Oh, it's called the it's called the liquor locker. That place. 
place is wild. Yes. Like if you ever Legendary. actually like look at what they're advertising, it's like on their on their board, which is supposed to be like the cheap thing. It will be like Johnny Walker Blue Label, one hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> like what is this? It's like it's in like Dubai or something. Well, that's because <laughs> it's still cheaper than buying it at the chateau so it's, well, it works because like I've, I've been at the chateau and, and looked at the menu and being like oh like i'll get a completely. bottle of whispering angel rose for 90 dollars <laughs> but if you walk three steps around the corner to the liquor locker it's it's 28 and you can get you can get two bottles and, and, no, and Jason, then you're pouring up not only that people go there to replace the mini bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you go in and you just ask the guy who works at the counter. And so actually my policy when I used to go to the... He's like, what room number? Is, no, I just say, clear it out because I don't want to get distracted. And like all arguments <laughs> I've ever had with women is have to do with like mini bar and Toblerone and you know, all terrible <laughs> stuff. So I have that cleared out, which they're totally used to because a ton of alcoholics are staying there. Uh-huh. But then I go over to the liquor locker, stock up. And all the miniature bottles people buy and replace what they have, and um, but I guess not anymore. That is a pro. Yeah, not anymore. Now that uh, all things have gone, have gone to shit, including have gone private. the old Chateau Marmont. Don't do that. Well, we'll be. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get one more. I might stay one more night before I head back to to L.A. just to take a dip in the pool. Well, Chris, you if know. you do that, I'll get the fucking eight ball, baby. Let's let's really do it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the eight ball well, is I mean, only for me. I think the last no, I st- I've stayed there since I did an eight ball there. But yes, I mean, I think that it does. Un- unfortunately, that that hotel is is really a trigger for anyone who formerly liked to use drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, because well, Chris, that reminds me that I saw you, and you've actually been in my apartment. At, yes, at a, you know, kind of pivotal time in your life before the revenge bod, before you took over uh, world media domination, <laughs> and you came over. And we watched Benjamin. the Westminster Kennel Club dog show, which is like a yes. very important thing for me. So we watched it that together and it was absolutely great. And you gave me, I don't know if you remember, I think you were you like, I'm giving up, I'm moving on. I don't want to get too personal, but like I'm moving on from, from marijuana. And you gave me your last marijuana. I was like, this is really <laughs> I have okay, that th- thing. I just want to say, Chris, that so I kept I showed that to people and I was like, this is Chris Black's last <laughs> weed he ever bought. And then it, actually when I finished it, I put other weed in there and still told the damn story because it was so <laughs> impressive. And people were like, and that's going to the Hall of Fame. And that, and I'm sure we've all moved on from that. But I still uh, yeah, think that's of it amazing. Very fondly. This is no, my last I- marijuana. I did that with my pill. I gave all of my pills to my friend Eric Chakin. I think so. It was a real. It was. A, I distributed things. I just blanketed the city with drugs that I could no sweet, longer use. Sweet. That's yeah. really funny. It was. Well, it was did, I, I don't want to make light of a serious thing, but it was. A, it was a tender no, no, moment. No. If I can, if we can I have was a tender moment, and I, I loved. <laughs> I loved watching the dog show with you. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah, night, what, what, so what, why is the uh, the Westminster dog show such a big thing for you? I'm just upset. I watched every Westminster kennel club show for probably the last 28 years and i love my uh, the guy's voice you know the uh the doctrine was introduced in this country in 60 in 1980 Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. and um, it's it's your vmas is what you're saying it's exactly it's exactly what it is that's my reality television and so i watch it very seriously i've written about it i've i i mean like the history of dogs is like the history of humans it's mm-hmm. about farming and sport and royalty and uh, vanity and and so i'm i'm way into it but i'm a little angry because it always goes to the poodle yeah in breeding <laughs> right so are you a dog Lots. owner yourself i'm not i my family has a 
a Bernese mountain dog, but I don't have that, that. dog. My, Milo is his name, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Deep Milo. Cuts. I only like big dogs that could look like me. So I'm very into that, that style of dog. Milo, uh, so a Swiss, you know, Bernese mountain dog is not quite as fit as you, Chris, um, but uh, he otherwise is, is big hearted and are. good on social media. <laughs> 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 good on social oh, media man. has a little yeah. bit of a kennel cough just like cb and that's fine <laughs> wow kennel cough i didn't i've never even heard that term before um guys it's been a yeah, pleasure. half these things you're saying i have to decide if they're like well-known phrases or really obscure and i just laugh along with them kennel cough, i think that, that, that i think i Welcome think that's jason knows a lot of dumb phrases but coggins <laughs> yeah, you know that's when you when you hit the backwoods too hard exactly coggins cough baby <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that being Coggins, said, it for, is a terminal illness us. that many dogs suffer from. You know, make sure we spay and neuter our pets, baby. All right. See you guys next <laughs> week. Bob Barker. Don't Take do care. that, Bob. Uh, <laughs> no, but Coggins, honestly, it was great for it was great to hear from you. Glad you're doing well. Um, Likewise. People subscribe to David's Substack, The Contender. Um, listen to his podcast with Michael Williams. Um, buy his books wherever they're sold. And the new book comes out when? May 2020. 2021. We got a title oh, for this shit. thing yet or no? Yeah, The, the Optimist. Scribner the Books, Optimist, baby. that's right. The Optimist by David Coggins. Travel, fishing, eating, only the good stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I can't wait to drop a line with you, comrade. <laughs> Show you how wait. it's done. <laughs> uh, thank, but thank you, guys. And uh, Jason, actually, no thank you, Jason. Thank you, David. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, see ya. Later. Bye. Sweet. <laughs>